You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Hemlock Grove After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Hemlock Grove After Show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. feeling it. Bing is for doing. <laughs> and here we are doing another amazing after show for our favorite show and your favorite show, Hemlock Grove. We are on season one, and these are episodes three, four, and five, Order of the Dragon, In Poor Taste, and Hello, Handsome. <laughs> I am your host, Shano, and I'm joined here by my three lovely lady co-hosts. Woo-hoo. Hello, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafine. Hi, I'm Tiana Hobson. And hi, I'm JJ Jorgens. And we have uh, an amazing show planned for you guys tonight. We're going to be speaking via, is it via Skype? Are we going to be doing yeah, it? Yeah, it's, Okay, well, it's, we have Tio, Tia? Tio? Tio Horn. Tio Horn. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, Tio. We have Tio Horn calling in, who plays Destiny Rumencheck on the show. And, and she's, she's calling right now. And she's Yay! calling right now. Woo-hoo! Tio, you're on the line with AfterBuzz TV's Hemlock Grove. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hi, Tio. This is uh, Sean O right here, and I'm your host. Hello there. Uh, thanks for joining us. And Marissa was so awesome to get in touch with you, Tio. And uh, we're glad to have you here. We have we have so many questions to ask you. Oh my god, I feel like so much pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. Now we only got like a hundred questions. To ask you. No, no, I have a few. Oh my god. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'll try for... and answer them as best as I can. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, let's let's start generally. So, how did you get started with your acting career? Um. Okay. Well, I think. Like, okay, so I started doing, I was always sort of involved in, like, dance or, like, what, you know, like, after-school kind of programs, and um, and then I did a couple of theater things in elementary school, and then when I was in grade five, I went with my sister and my mom to see Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, my God, this is really funny, and this guy, like, makes a living doing this. Like, I think it, that's, like, when it first clicked, like, that could be, you know, instead of just, like, firemen, policemen, doctor, dentist, you know, like, in school, that's what they basically make you feel like the only choices you have are. So I was like, oh, my God, acting. So then I kind of, like, got interested in it. took, like, a couple courses um, in Ottawa. And um, I, there was not, like, I grew up on my reserve, and I only had, like, a hundred and, I think, like, 57 students when I first went into high school, on my high school. And there wasn't really anything, there's no, there was no, like, arts offered. So I concentrated on being an athlete, and I played, I was a swimmer, and I played water polo for five years. And so I decided that when I was going to college, when I was 16, I um, was going to go into theater. It was kind of like the only, I was like, well, I guess there was, like, two options you could do when you're, like, signing up for college. And I was like, well, I just want to go into theater. 
and I kind of like closed my eyes and like pointed my finger at like anything on the thing on the on the application. I was like, oh, photography. Okay, so I put that as my second, and I auditioned and I went to theater school for three years, and then uh, yeah, then I uh, started doing this. Oh wow! <laughs> you mentioned water polo there. Um, your sister played in the Olympics. Is that correct? Yeah, when I was 14, my sister was 24, and she went to the 2000 Sydney Olympics for Team Canada. That's great. Go go Canada. (laughs) Uh, So what attracted you to choose Hemlock Grove? Um, Well, I think it's really, like, kind of what, um, like, every actor kind of, you know, would love to do. Like, I've discovered... And I've sort of always known that I don't really want to do for the rest of my life. I mean, like, no offense to it. Like, there's some people, you know, who make, like, amazing livings doing, like, kind of, like, you know, um, not to, like, shit talk CSI, but, you know, like, formulaic (laughs) kind of, like, that kind of shows. And I don't know if I'm, like, able to play, like, a cop for the rest of my life. So, like, when I get auditions, like, playing a gypsy prostitute witch... You know, um, on this like new kind of platform like Netflix, like it was, I don't know, it, was, it felt like, like I need to fucking, oops, excuse me, I need to fucking <laughs> get this now. Well, Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do whatever you I mean, want. Like, <laughs> what was the process I'm like? Sorry, I'm sorry. What was the process what like? Was like what? A, the process, like auditioning for this role, or, you know, how many auditions do you have to go through? Uh, or. Well, I actually only went through two. Like, I did my first audition. Um, all I got was, like, I think two scenes. Um, the, f- the first two scenes that you see me in, those are, those are the audition scenes that I had. Um, I mean, I tried to, you try and, like, gather as much as you can from that, and I looked up gypsies as much as I could. I'm already, like, super into Goran Bregovic. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know who that is. He's, like, this, <laughs> like, this, um like composer <laughs> from Serbia and uh yeah I'm, I'm like really into him anyways he plays like really awesome gypsy music so I listened to a lot of Goran Bregovic <laughs> and um I kind of just like you know you have to make strong choices when you go in there so I made some choices and I worked on it a lot I, I had my I Skyped with my coach uh, one or two times, and then I found out that I got the call back, and my manager was like, "You should read the book <laughs> before you go in there." <laughs> and I actually had like I actually had like ten ten days so before the callback. Like the audition, you know, the first audition, I think I had like three days or something. So I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to get a book read in like three days." So I I I read the book um, before my callback, and again I did another. Um, Another session with my coach on Skype, and then I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just kind of like, like I said, you have to make some strong choices. And the other girl who was in there, like, there was only like two of us, I think, in the waiting room. Another girl was so incredibly different from me. She was like mm-hmm. a foot shorter than me, like a lot darker complexion, and and just like the way we were dressed was so different. Like I kind of just wore this like red off the shoulder shirt and a pair of jeans. And like I took off my shoes. <laughs> I just remember that when I walked in front of like Eli Ross and like the writer and the and the casting directors and everything. I like walk in with my flip flops and I was like, 
do you mind if I just take off my shoes? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah, no, sure, get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And the vibe on set, oh, sorry. No. Um, The vibe on set, how were the scripts kept? Like, were you guys in the know of scripts? Were they kept pretty top secret? Or how was that? Um, No, I think it was, no, it wasn't, like, it wasn't top secret at all, I don't think. I mean, like, the writers and the producers, they kind of wanted to make sure that they, um, like, that the cast was tight, you know, and, like, that we had, like, a, a relationship with, with, like, the writers and stuff that, like, we could, if we had, you know, any ideas or anything, we could potentially, like, bring it to the table and they would, consider like, you know, consider it. But, I mean, the stuff that they had anyways was awesome. But there's nothing to change about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there wasn't, no, it wasn't it wasn't top secret or anything. Very cool. Um, your Most of your scenes are usually with Roman and Peter. Uh, did you get the chance to interact with any of the other actors on set? Um, well, I do have some scenes with Lily Taylor, um, which was, like, super, like, I mean, in, like, on the show, no, I, like, I only have, like, a, I only have, like, scenes with, like, a few other people, and I actually, I didn't really, like, hang out with, I didn't really get to interact with, um, like, Fomka or Dugray. Because, like, I never, never saw them. You know, like, we never crossed paths. Like, all my stuff is, you know, in my my little apartment there. So <laughs> Which is a very whoever nice... Comes, it's whoever comes to see me, you know, that's who I end up having seen with. So. I, I and guess... my Johns, you know. <laughs> Your apartment's very nice on the set, by the way. So it's a very good living my... that, that Destiny happens to make on the show, right? I know, I know, right? Like, my apartment? Is that what you mean? It was, like, super cool. I was like, I wish I lived in this apartment. (laughs) So how would you describe, uh, as, you know, your character Destiny, how would you describe her ability? So far, we're up to episode five, and she seems to get possessed in some way, and she's able to communicate with, like, the the dead woman, the, the victim from the previous werewolf attack. How would you describe what her abilities are? Um, I don't think she's like, I don't think she sees exactly what, I think she's out of, in in the whole show, I think she's one person who is the most connected to, just connected in general, you know what I mean? To earth, in tune with things around her, um, and I think that she, um, she gets feelings. You know, she doesn't, she, she's not like, you're going to walk into that room and you're going to stub your toe in that chair. You know, like she doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't have like visions like that. You know what I mean? Um, but if she does channel anything, it's kind of, you know, like when you saw her get possessed or whatever, she had to like, she had to make somewhat, not a potion, but you know, she had the worm and everything. And like, she didn't just like channel the beings. Through, uh, anyways, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In any way, okay. <laughs> Since you started talking about the worm, um, and oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. What were you we gonna say? Were you finished? I didn't want to jump over you. 
I was gonna. Oh, add, yeah, yeah. No, I'm friends. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were. Then I was like, oh, maybe she wasn't. Um, since you were talking about the worm and things, you have to deal with a lot of disgusting like props on the show. Can you tell us like like the beginning scene? You spit out things when your mouth is all bloody, and there's like little balls on the ground, and you know, like with the worm. What are those things made out of that you happen to deal with? Um, okay, that's funny because like actually, um, I remember I got a call when we were shooting. Well, not like when we're, but like, you know, over this time of shooting. And they're like, we need you to come in for, or, or they're like, they need you to go in to um, to test a worm. Like, my agent was like, I don't really understand what's going on here, but you have to, like, go in and test the worm. And I was like, really? I'm like, okay. So they're like, they came and they picked me up and they brought me all the way to the studio. And, or like, the, the studio with all the, the um, special effects guys and everything. And they're like, so we made, um, we made a couple prototypes, and they had this, like, jelly worm thing that they, like, really spent a lot of time making. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, they really want you to um, just swallow it whole, like a pill. I'm like, I'm not allowed to chew this. I'm like, I'm not allowed to chew this gigantic thing here. And they're like, they really want, would like it if you could just swallow it whole. I was like, oh. I'm like, okay, but I'm like, does anybody here know, like, the Heimlich Maneuver? Because I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I tried the first time, and it was huge. It was, like, the size of a, like, almost the size of, well, you guys don't have them there, but loonies. Like a, you know, like a like a dollar. And um, I, like, I was like, okay, here it goes. And, like, the special effects guys are, like, holding their camera phones, like, <laughs> taping me. And, like, all these, like, five guys, like, in the driver, like, around me watching and um, I gagged, like, the first time I, like, it went down like this a little bit, and then I was like, oh, oh, and then I had to, like, totally spit it all into the garbage. I was like, I'm sorry, guys, like, I'm sorry I can't do it. Like, you really have to make it smaller. And um, so, yeah, I had, like, three goes at it. But I, I think when we actually shot it, yeah, I had, like, maybe, like, you see me trying, like, I have to kind of do, like, a, a double, like, Get it down there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like no chewing. <laughs> and then what was in Take the jar? The like they had it in all that stuff oozing in the Frothing. jar. What was that coming out of the jar? Oh my god, it tasted like strawberries. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it tasted like strawberries. And there was a guy underneath the table that the jar was on. There was a guy underneath there the whole time. Every time I would open that thing, he would pump this thing and the blood and pus and stuff would, like, come out of that thing. <laughs> so, like, the whole time there's this dude, like, like at my feet pumping uh-huh. this thing. Anyways, yeah, that was made out of, like, strawberry stuff and then the stuff I threw up. I feel like I'm giving away all kinds of secrets. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> the stuff that I threw up was oatmeal. Like, I was like, what kind of oatmeal do you want? I was like, I don't know. Brown sugar. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. So yeah, that was you know, and I mean, but you know what? This is like, I remember talking to um, my manager when I was shooting this, and I was shooting Defiance at the same time, and I was like, I'm having so much fun. This is why I became an actor. You know, like this is what I want to do. I want to do. I want to get my hands dirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And have yeah. Fun. But I love Destiny um, when, when you, uh, after you consume the worm, she just licks the foam, yeah. <laughs> and it's supposed to be blood, but just um, so nasty, but awesome. Yeah, and you're just like, I gotta rinse my mouth, or I need <laughs> yeah. mouthwash, whatever, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> 
So during the that possession scene, we keep coming back to this because it was such a powerful scene to you. Um, with your eyes went so crazy and big and black, and even before, right before the change, like a microsecond before, we see uh, your character's eyes dilate. And then when she comes back, they're just huge. Now, what were those? Were those was that CGI? Was that contacts? Combination of both? Um, well, I don't know. The, okay, well, the big black, like when my eyes are totally possessed, those are like big contacts, um, which were a lot of fun to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pupil dilating thing, I don't know. I guess that's CGI. How difficult was it to get those contacts in? Okay, so it's funny that you asked me about these contacts things. I'm just going to, like, um, say something <laughs> about <laughs> those contacts. Um, because I was shooting on Defiance at the same time, and I wore crazy orange contacts, uh, I would wear them for, like, five days at a time sometimes and my eye ended up getting uh like scratched oh, and damaged wow. and so I had this like super like terrible like 10 days where these like drops and everything and I couldn't wear the contacts and they had to like shoot around me and like the week after that I had to go and shoot on on Hemlock Grove with these contacts so it was like oh my god the contacts you know like it was like it was like I had somebody helping me to put them in. She, there's like a literally like a girl there to like put drops in your eyes when you need mm-hmm. them, and so there was like a lot of help <laughs> because I almost like lost my sight on the other show. Wow! wow. Yeah, fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so I just True got actor. I just got a message from um, our engineer Stephen, and he was asking, uh, "What? How are your feelings about appearing topless on a national TV show?" Oh my god! Okay, you know what's funny? And only Stephen like, would I'm ask. From, like, yeah. small, I'm I'm from a small. I'm from a reserve, like a reservation. So I know everybody. Everybody knows me, and I think being topless on a national television show, I kind of don't really. <laughs> my, my friends looking at me like, "Oh my god!" Because she didn't finish the series. She's like, "You go topless." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Spoiler. Um, yeah. <laughs> So for me, I think the topless thing is like, because I have done it before and I like really, really try and choose carefully if I do end up doing that on a production. And I thought it was done tastefully on this. Um, I'm happy with how it turned out. It was just, uh, I don't really care nationally. It's when I have like my... I don't know, like, neighbor or, like, you know, like, people in my town, like, hey, saw episode, <laughs> rah, 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 you know? And you're like, oh, my God, yes, you did. <laughs> so I think it's more when, like, people I know, when people I know saw me, yeah. that, like, freaks me out a little more than people I, I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. brave. Now, if there's a season two, which I'm, I think we're all hoping for, would you love to come back? Oh, my God, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. I'm like, fingers crossed. No, she was such a fun character. And, like, one thing I hate is, like, you know when you, like, start, you just start, like, getting into it, like, really getting into it. And you're like, oh, my God, I know her so well now. And then it's like, and we're wrapped season one. <laughs> so you're just, man, I want to go again, you know. So I'd love to, 
I'd love, I'd love to play her again for sure. Um, how long were you guys shooting for? Because I know you shot all thirteen episodes back to back. So how long was the production process for you? Uh, well, it was. I don't know. I think they started in June or July. I think, and it went until December fourteenth or something. So it was pretty, right, yeah. pretty freaking long. But I mean, I would only come in like I would for each episode. I would shoot that whole episode in one day. Like it would be, you know, like my day, like every everything for that episode. So I would only come in like once every like two and a half weeks, once every three weeks. Wow. Okay, interesting. Right on. Um, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a a detour here because I, I noticed that you did some voiceover work for. Uh, a character you played in Assassin's Creed 3. And uh, I'm a little bit of a video game buff. I haven't played Assassin's Creed, though, but it's so cool that you also did some voice acting for Assassin's Creed. So uh, what's what's the biggest difference for you, you know, to, to be a, a, a television actor or a screen actor versus doing uh, voiceover work? Well... Uh, okay, so the thing about that one is I actually did the mocap as well. So I had, like, the whole suit on and, like, um, the camera on my head. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird to shoot that stuff. It's, like, in this, like, huge room, and they're like, okay, so there's, like, there's wind and there's snow. You're in six (laughs) feet of snow right now, but you're, like, in this, like, spandex outfit with, (laughs) like, white balls all over you. Anyways, so, so I also did that. So I didn't really... But, the, but when I did do voiceover is when my character speaks um, Mohawk. So I went in, and that's when I got to do... That was, like, so... Uh, it was pretty rewarding. I was pretty proud that I got to speak my own language. And, I'm like, my cousin was there. He was hired, actually, on the on the production for uh, translating and for um, coaching in the studio. So that was, like... The voiceover stuff was was pretty intense like by the time I was finished the session I felt like my brain was gonna like melt out of my ears like you know like it was just like a lot of work but uh but but I also did I've done like cartoons and stuff like that um and I I mean it's different but at the same time it's like I like I'm not just like standing in the booth like blah 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 you know like you're still like kind of moving around and being animated and you know um so I don't find it's like in like you know that much different i don't find the process is that much different it's just like a different medium mm-hmm. yeah. 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 so right with that um background could you see yourself doing like some action movies maybe being like the next laura croft or something <laughs> oh my god i would love to do that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds like super fun actually when i did see that because like i um because when we were making it I was like so uh like just asking like the guys like behind the computers and stuff and the directors I'm like so like you guys you know like confident like you think this can do like pretty well or whatever and they're like this is like one of the biggest video games in the world I was like really and they're like we in pre-sales we've already beat the Avengers in the box office or something like that. I was oh. like, okay, so this is like a big deal. <laughs> I'm like, I had no idea. And then so when when it came out, my um, my nephew went and got it. Like after he finishes his chores, like during the week, at the end of the week, he can get like something. So he got a video game and he got that one. And 
I went next door because he lives next door, and I went next door to watch, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so weird. He's like, eh, and my, my sister's like, listen to your auntie, because, like, I'm, I'm telling, like, you know, like, the, the player, like, where to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but watching it, I was like, whoa, she's so badass. I'm like, I would love to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> I would love to do, like, I, I like... I mean, in Immortals, like I had this like small part in Immortals, but I got to I got to do some of my own stunts. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, yeah. especially having a background as an athlete, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah, we just uh, me and Marissa, we actually just watched uh, that scene before we came into the studio because I watched Immortals when it came out in theaters, but uh, me and her were just watching it on Netflix, and uh, it was such a it was an awesome scene where you and the other high priestesses you like take out your blades and you stab all the guards and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun. And the, yeah, and then yeah. afterwards you totally get threatened. You and the other high priestesses you get threatened by Mickey Rourke, and he's like whispering in your ear how he's gonna like. Kill Kill you and just like just do bad bad things to you later on. How was how is it to have Mickey Rourke whispering those sweet bad things in your ear? Um, it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll, it was it was interesting. It was fun. I mean, we had we like once he like came in there and and we shot his stuff like. He improvised a lot, so I was like, all right, all right, okay, Mickey, I can keep up with you. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, it was, it was pretty fun. That's cool. I, I like how you um, your characters that you choose to play, um, you have High Priestess to this uh, gypsy um, fortune teller. It's kind of like a... As she would say, a, a sacred whore. A, a sacred whore, <laughs> yeah. But are there any other kind of characters you'd like to portray in the future? Um, uh, I think I would like to try, like, just, like, a happy, like, kind of like a girl next door. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, it sounds, like, so boring, but, like, honestly, like, I've I've played, like, a serial killer on this. You guys got to check out, it's on Netflix in the States, called The Theater Bazaar. And it's like a series of, there's like, it's kind of like, remember, um, Tales from the Crypt or like, mm-hmm. yes. remember how he would, how he would, there would be like a series of like short films. It's kind of like that. And, um, I'm in one of them and I play this like whacked out, <laughs> I play this whacked out serial killer and I, um, uh, like I kill these people and then I take a needle and I stick it in their eyeball and I suck out their vitreous fluid and then I inject it into awesome. my eyeball. Oh, nice. And then, and then I see, I see everything that they live. Huh? You know, because when you're dying, your life flashes before your eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that seems yeah, like... So, so, see, like, I'll play stuff like that and I play, like, moody like bitches and I play this priestess and whatever and um, I think I'd just like to I, w- I would one day like to try something just you know like just me kind of thing you, know, <laughs> you need a nice me. romantic yeah. comedy <laughs> yeah I mean but then I'll probably like do it and be like screw this you know never again <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna kick ass in this role yeah. 
<laughs> so can I ask? I'm the guy in the booth who asked the random question earlier. <laughs> um, is is there is there kind of what kind of vibe do you like on set? Like, because I'm sure there's a very different vibe when you're working with the people from like 18 to Life than when you're working with people on Hemlock Grove. Like, is there is one a little bit more preferable to the other? Is I mean, one's a very serious kind of supernatural drama and then one's a very comedic show like which which do you kind of like being in the moment of um you know even though hemlock grove was like a serious supernatural mystery it was pretty fun on set like i mean from when i was on set you know i don't know about you know when they were all shooting i mean i think they had fun but i think it was it was a it was a light mood it wasn't really a heavy a heavy set, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I don't know, 18th Life. That was a while back. <laughs> it was, I see, okay, so the weird thing, though, is, like, comment, like, on all of these things, I have, like, these little, like, I have, like, an awesome part, but I usually, like, come on, do a little bit, and then, like, leave. Like, I'm never, like, part of the core past, you know what I mean? So I don't know, like, I can only, like, share my experiences from my like one or two days in a row on set you know like every three weeks and I always have a good time (laughs) (laughs) it's always a light mood for me you know (laughs) um I don't know if I answered your question but uh no worries does do you think that like having this experience on Hemlock with these new serious shows and Netflix is really going to open doors for your career though uh i Frickin' hope so. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's really like the first, this and Defiance are kind of like the first uh, American things, you know, that I've had like, and I'm so lucky that they're two amazing characters, you know, that people aren't necessarily going to be like, like, I'm not like the lead or anything, you know, but I hope I'm I'm memorable, you know. and then I've accomplished what I want to accomplish, you know, just mm-hmm. <laughs> who's that girl again? The one, you know, like I'm probably going to be that girl. Maybe that one convulsing. And prostitute. I up the worm. <laughs> well, Destiny is definitely rememberable. Yes. She's yes. awesome on the yes, show. She is. So are you. So you, oh, you, I'm, so, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> So, Tio, you mentioned you got uh, Defiance going on, and uh, we want to hear about that and what other projects you got going on in the near future. Um, well, yeah, it was so crazy, like, lucky that Defiance and Hemlock Grove were shooting in Toronto at the same time, and I got to be on both of them. Like, I don't know, when I got two great, you know, characters on both of them, I don't know how that happened, but, but that was, I was really, really lucky. And, um, uh, what do I got coming up? I have nothing. No, I'm hoping that they get picked up for a second season, both of them, because it would be a pleasure to work on both of them again. Um, I I wrote a short film uh, last year, and I shot it last summer, and it's not like... It's about working in a cigarette store uh, on my reserve. (laughs) It's like a five-minute short, and I play, like, three different characters, and, I mean, it's not like Shakespeare or anything, but, you know, I kind of did it just to prove to myself, like, okay, I can do it. Like, I'm you know, kind of tired of waiting around for, to be given, you know, mm-hmm. the chance to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I want to tell a story, you know, on my own terms. So I sat down and I wrote it, 
and my friend who owns a production company, <laughs> um, she was like, she wanted to shoot something, no budget, whatever. So we shot it last year in one day. And then it did like, it went to like a couple little festivals and it won like the jury prize at my union's short film festival. I don't know. Anyways, so it just proved to me, I'm like, okay, I can do it. Mm -hmm, I can make, Mm -hmm. I can make something, you know? And so I, um, from that, it like gave me the courage to write, um, write another short film, but, uh, like a true story about something my mom did in the sixties. Um, so that's what I kind of, that's like in my mind, that's what project is going on in my mind right now. (laughs) But, um, I mean, I hope they get picked up for Defiance and Hamlet Go get picked up for a second season. That'd be a lot of fun. And who knows, you know, like I might, I don't know. I'm just auditioning right now, you know, doing the rounds. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Yeah. Right on to you. Uh, thank you, yeah. so, thank you so yeah. so much for joining us. We we enjoyed this interview, this conversation with you about your role on the show. Uh, if our fans want to follow you, where where's the best place to do it? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What do you got? Twitter, Twitter. Twitter follow me on Twitter. What's your Twitter um, doesn't stress me out. And, and your, <laughs> at, your at sign on Twitter. It's at t o t i i o horn, right? No, it's. T-I-I-O Horn at Ganyadio. Ganyadio is my full name. Um, but I think if you just type in Dio Horn, you'll find me, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Right? I think so. Yeah, yeah that's... I, yeah, yeah, we found you today. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's not, like, more than one. <laughs> is there another <laughs> Dio Horn out there? I don't think <laughs> Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on yes, the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you so yeah, much for you. calling. Feel we really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, feel oh, free to call pleasure. in. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, feel free to call in anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> okay. Right. Have a good night, guys. Thank okay, you. Thank you, too. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, so that was fantastic! She's man. awesome. I don't think Marissa stopped smiling throughout the entire <laughs> interview. So awesome! I just kept looking at her face, and she just had a grin from beaming. ear to ear. She was beaming. beaming. That was awesome. Mm. You, you yeah. got your little my fan. day's made. <laughs> my year's made. You got your fangirl satisfaction. I did. Right? <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that was that was great. So we got. We Great let's insight. let's go ahead yeah. and try to wrap up these topics in the next thirty minutes. Right? All righty, you so, guys have time. You, oh, guys, have time. you guys can go into the next hour. Oh. Leave it to Steven uh-huh. to bring up the boobs. Can I just <laughs> yeah. say that? It's yeah. a very valid <laughs> question, guys. Yes, thank it's you, a, Steven. It's a career move that you have to really seriously. Spoiler decide. alert for you guys. <laughs> hey, it is. Boobs. It is a pretty sexy show. Come on, we have like we have lesbian action yeah, going on. Yeah, like, a lot the, of lesbian action at the beginning of episode three, right? So we had. We we had we got Chaucer Chaucer how do you say her name? That's a Chasseur. Chasseur. I'm going with Clementine. Clementine. Yeah. Much easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just Clementine. Exactly. So I we'll, thought I like the name Chasseur. Yeah, it sounds it which cool. I like it's it. actually French for hunter. Oh, oh yeah. she's, she's hunting a wolf. And she's hunting wolves. Yeah. And you know what's funny? She's a digger. <laughs> Doctor Chasseur kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of a female Van Helsing, who's very. Um, religious, questioning God and humanity, and hunting this monster. Mm-hmm. That's I can, um, I can get down with that. Like a modern day, <laughs> yeah, a modern day female Van uh, Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah, she's I, very subtle, a very subtle Van Helsing. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I gotta say, I, 
Oh no! Oh, I was gonna say we're gonna talk. Let's talk about that, and then of course we're also gonna talk about mm-hmm. Christina kisses a corpse. And anyway, let's go back to Chaucer. You were gonna say JJ? No, I just last comment. I just I really like the casting of females in the show. Like I think they're like beautiful, but they're also yes. like great actors and strong. And it's not I don't know. I think they just have a lot of levels and a lot of strength to them, and just are very uh, fun and interesting to watch. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. 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 There's you, barely any males. Yeah. Actually. And that's kind of rare for a TV show, mm-hmm. I feel. And I I think it's girl power all the way. Oh, definitely. Right. And yeah. I, I like how all the female characters, they're so different from each mm-hmm. other. They're mm-hmm. not really bleeding into, oh, this person's like this person. No, they're all very distinct. Yes. And I noticed that everybody, the males and the females on the show, everybody has their weaknesses. They all have these like fatal flaws that we get to see. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. Chasseur, right? We got to see her like, at first, okay, at, at first. We see that she's pretty strong. She seems like a well-educated individual. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she's got all her technology in the back of her truck, right? <laughs> you know, she's, test, she's testing the hair from the dung. Oh my god, that was <laughs> so gross. And, <laughs> and then later on, you know, when we go up to episode five, we see that she has a drinking problem, mm-hmm. yeah. and she, and she and and the reason why she wears that thing around her neck, that little um, Saint Jude, Saint Jude uh, pendant around her neck, is because she has a troubled past. Like even though she had to do that one, th- I know I'm like jumping ahead here a little bit, but even though she had to kill that one, we don't know what that thing was. We'll, we'll talk. Let's talk about that in a little bit. But she killed whatever that creature was in the cell with her. Uh, she still like felt for it. Mm-hmm. You know, she like connected with that person that was in the cell with her. What, what was it? Let, oh, I, I was going to say Leticia, uh, but I think that was uh, the name that she wanted to name her child. But she yeah. connected mm-hmm. with it, with her, and then she had to slay her, which was so terrible. Am I making mm-hmm. it up, or did she take that thing from her? She yeah, did. She I thought, yeah, I thought so. And it was covered in blood at yeah. first. And then it goes, it transitions right to the scene where she's like putting it in her mouth. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I hope it's been years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you wash that with a lot of soap. Yeah, but um, I feel like she's a double agent, though, right? She's she's come to town under the guise of the Pennsylvania Gaming wildlife Department. Wildlife and fish. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The yeah. But then right. she's also, but now we know she's in this order called the, the Order of the Dragon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and we learned that, like, that was her rite of passage to slay that one creature in the cell with her. And, and... Is she is she doing it for the church? Is she doing it for the the gaming commission? Is she doing it because she wants to kill other creatures? Like what what is her motivation motivation exactly behind all this? Right? What do you guys think? I don't know. I, I think it's both because you you see her character struggling with Christianity, and she, but you always see this character praying. So um, I think it's just a way of both. <laughs> and they. <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep it. And they drop a hint that she had troubles with her father, mm-hmm. but they—you probably know because you've watched it all now. But we don't know yet. But yeah, so trying not little... to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. So Michael is her father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. Or no, 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 no. 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 She, no, she, no. They, the, her priest—he considers himself her like oh, surrogate yeah, father, but he just says because okay. she had had issues with her father and she okay. didn't say what. Or... And then the priest said, "Oh, I heard Michael's in town. Michael is and her brother." Okay, ah. and they didn't really elaborate mm-hmm. on that, so I was like, yeah. "Wait, who's Michael?" So vague. I didn't know who he was yeah, yet either. Very, very vague. And, yeah, yeah, and there is a line where Shasor talks about being twins and stuff. Yeah, she and says she's like, "Twins run in my family," so I think so Michael is a twin brother. That's what I. That's what I had written down too somewhere yeah. over here. Very yeah. interesting. It's like I picked up on that twin thing. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, getting back to the dung, <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> mention how. 
I thought it was funny. She pulls out one hair. There's like a bunch of hair in that thing. And I'm just, I'm, you know, even though it's a show, I'm sure they didn't mm-hmm. do this because they got to move the story along. But just from like a like a cr- crime scene investigator perspective, you would think she would take the whole dung with her, the whole stat. <laughs> Right, I yeah. think that's the proper term for it, scat. So she would, <laughs> she would take the whole wolf scat with her and actually pick that thing apart with her hands and then analyze like every hair. Everything. That's the point. Yeah. I just, I just thought, you know, little side note there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that flashback with her, it was, it was kind of jarring how the flashback, you know, went. I, I was really confused when she was in that cell. Right, she mm-hmm. was in there, and then it went back and forth from the present to the flashback. Did you guys think that was kind of confusing mm-hmm. at all? It was, but I think because we knew that the cell was years ago, five years ago, I think the flashback was set or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, I think that's why. I, I mean, I could keep up with it, but I was trying to see where it was going because I couldn't see. I didn't think that the thing that the girl inside there, the pregnant lady, was gonna start turning into whatever she was yeah. turning into. I didn't see that part coming. Now, do you guys think that was a wolf, too? It was transforming during the full moon, but it didn't seem like the same kind of wolf as Peter. Right? I saw some black yeah. hairs. I thought it was a wolf, but maybe just because I was thinking Peter's a wolf, so and she's yeah. tracking him, so of course it's another wolf and it's a full moon, but I mean... This order of the dragon seems like they know about a lot of sort of mystical creatures. So mm-hmm. who knows what all she's hunted and tracked in her days? I'm so glad mm-hmm. that we have a once upon a time person <laughs> in the studio. Two people, yeah. but you're the one. You're the one who keeps saying mystical creatures. Yeah. We're not in Storybook. Sorry, sorry. No, but, no, but I'm I'm really glad that you are. Like all, everything aside, because that's that's so awesome that you can like see those details like okay maybe there's other mystical creatures out there yeah. because to, to me you know the logical conclusion would be okay this it's a full moon she's turning kind of similar to Peter it's probably a wolf but if you look at the details she wasn't like shedding her skin in the same way she was baring her teeth like a lot quicker her mm-hmm. teeth weren't like falling out eyeballs didn't fall out maybe it didn't get to that point yeah but uh it, yeah, maybe the red dragon goes around and they, or the red dragon, maybe the dra- <laughs> order of the dragon goes around and they slay creatures and that's their deal. That's their thing. They protect humanity via the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the scene just um, wants to show that Shasor can track whatever she's looking for, Peter. Um, you know, like uh, the track being and like know the scent, know how it acts, know mm-hmm. when it's to turn, like all the things of how to track this monster and take it down. So at this point, after she flat out asks Peter, hey, are you a werewolf? Does she know that he's a werewolf? That's a really good question. I would say yes. Because she is she seems like a very intuitive and smart mm-hmm. investigator. Mm-hmm. And 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 her being like a hunter of of animals, mystical creatures, <laughs> she I think she's able to like really sense things. Like she has like a sixth sense. Yeah. You know? She yeah. we see her doing it to everybody in the town. She mm-hmm. did it with Christina. She did it with Dr. Price. Mm-hmm. She she did it with the sheriff. You know, she gets things out of people. Mm-hmm. She like really can get under their skin and like get in their mindset and the mm-hmm. way they think. Why do you think she has a picture of Peter in her car all the time. She wants to look at her foe, her enemy, the thing she's tracking. Yeah. But the hair that they mm. found, it was blonde, right? It was blonde. It was, it was blonde from, from a, yeah. yeah, it was a man. Yeah. male. 
and it was like a 200 pound male. Mm. So I, when she was looking at the picture after finding out this information, I was like, well, he doesn't fit the description yeah. of what you just said, you know, you're looking, what, for. What you're looking for. So why are you still obsessed with him? Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. very odd. And I feel like with Peter, too, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that Peter's not our culprit, right? Like I he, don't believe it's Peter. Yeah, I don't think it's Peter. It either. could it very it very well could be that he's transforming and he's doing it and he just doesn't remember. Yeah, there could be that whole twist there, but but I feel like he's the good guy in all this, right? It's like him, him. So. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah mm. it feels like he's good. So it maybe him, you know, him and Roman, they're like the little buddy investigators, they're like the Hardy Boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hardy Boys <laughs> with with a crazy like terror twist because they're both monsters, right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and and also there's something else re- regarding Roman. He's an oopier. What's an oopier? What is an oopier? Marissa. That's what I came in and asked you tonight. Because like, okay. first of all, no. I needed to know what they what there, how to spell it because I was on the yeah. internet trying to spell it today, trying to look it up. <laughs> there are a I couple <laughs> definitions of oopier. How they use it in this show, they spell it U P I R. And what I've read is that an oopier is. A, a form being that walks during the day and sleeps at night, which can have the appearance of a human, but can also, um, they're more likely to turn on their parents than, like, their own children and stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. So are you are you so telling... You can make that... Foreshadowing a little... Uh, we can, presumption of <laughs> we can, characters. Uh, we can draw our conclusions now. Yeah, so that's bit, why yeah. he hates his mother. So she better stop <laughs> slapping him or he's going to go off pretty soon. So, But she is she an oopier too? That's the question. Do you think she might be? I you can't ask her. The she knows. <laughs> Uh-oh. You can't crack me. <laughs> no, but that's really that's really weird. Um, that's And um, oh, I want to talk about something a little bit later, but I, I just I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, let's move on. If we don't have anything else regarding Chaucer, no? Nothing else? Other than she's badass. She is badass. <laughs> yeah. I, I really kind of like she's her. She's cool. Yeah, too. She rules hardcore, man. She's better than the sheriff, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. way better than Tom. Way better. <laughs> sheriff sworn. Tom <laughs> So uh, let's, let's go ahead and talk about Christina kisses a corpse. Oh, my goodness. So she did this because mm-hmm. she felt like someone was playing a prank on her. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a good reason for doing it? It's, it's true, though, because she's young. and she, she doesn't seem like she has a lot of, um, she has a few friends, but oh, she seems like the person a lot of people would... Um, pick on and bully a little bit, so if and she's kind of used to that, so she, she just made a joke out of it. And in the book, she does um, this whole kissing of the corpse scene is she plays it out like a joke too. If it was me, mm. I would have like got some mouthwash right away, <laughs> and I would have been using the whole bottle, the whole bottle, maybe two or three. Mm. So she must have like went right away to the police, right, and and told them. And it, man, the maggots on that body were yeah. disgusting, nasty, so realistic. Mm, yeah. too. Or I mean, they might have been real. I don't know, but as soon as they pan down to the whole lower torso, just in all the maggots, I, I had to. I had to pause for a minute. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I had to pause for a minute, catch my breath, because it it looked yeah. so real. The the special effects makeup on this entire show has been so amazing because mm-hmm. everything they do looks so real. Did they say yeah. in the story? Did they say that it had been out there for a week or was it a few a days? Week. Yeah, a, a week, week, right? So it, it had a lot of time to like all get get mm-hmm. all like 
ri- mm-hmm. like the rigor started to relax, yeah. and it was getting, it was probably plus, soft when she, yeah. when she kissed it. Yeah, and plus, if you think the first body that we see, Brooke, uh, Brooke Bluebell, she she you know was just freshly killed, and so she still had color to her and yeah. whatnot, and she just had it in disembowelment. So she we still saw kind of a regular human, mm-hmm. but then this body completely in half. This is what the story in the book is like. Um, you only see the top half. And then she totally in zagination. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, totally bled out, right? Yeah, there was, totally no, there was yeah. nothing, nothing. nothing left. Um, but it, it was also interesting how Christina was having these like weird visions, right? During those those episodes. Like for uh, during that episode, during episode three, she like she's approaching there, right? She's approaching the mm-hmm. the area where the body's deposited. And she ends up uh, she ends up seeing like a rabbit hole or something, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. total Alice, in, it must be an Alice in Wonderland yeah. illusion or something, right? Mm-hmm. Because she looks at it and then she sees herself in a deep, dark, like urban kind of like, yeah, was, like wrecked place, right? Like maybe the Godfrey Institute steel mm-hmm. mill or something. It's the steel mill. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she's looking, and then while she's seeing herself there, she's looking into another hole in the steel mill and it's just like... Right? Yeah. It, do you know, what do you guys think those down metaphors the are? Hole. Is it just like down the rabbit down hole? Down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody mm-hmm. catch when she saw the body? She dropped her plastic bag. What came out of the plastic bag? I didn't catch Ooh, that. Nobody caught it. She I had. Missed. She had three things in there. She had her notebook, which she notebook? always carries. Uh-huh. She had a coke can, and she had Magnum condoms. <gasps> Yeah. Really? Yes. Naughty. Christina. Naughty. <laughs> what the heck is she doing? You guys didn't catch that? No, I totally missed I that. that I just watched it right away. Dude, I paused it on there because I saw, I was, I'm a guy, so I know what condom, <laughs> I know what condom rolls look like. And that, she had like three or four or something Magnum condoms in her bag. So what was she well. out there trying to do? I don't know. Writing. (laughs) (laughs) But now that you say that, I do believe in the book they mention her buying condoms. And then, like, the cashier is giving her judgmental looks. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Maybe she's going to get more experiences to write in her book. Yeah. Yeah. She's exactly what she needs to. Mm -hmm. She needs to experience everything. I guess so. Well, good for her. (laughs) She's being safe. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta give her that. Yeah. So right after this whole incident, it seems kind of like she's okay, but then, like, the more that episode goes on, episode three, we see she's getting really disturbed, right? Mm -hmm. She's having, like, post-traumatic stress. Yeah, nightmares. She's sleeping. She's even sleeping over at her friend's house, which is Sheriff Sworn's daughter. Right, mm-hmm. she's sleeping in their room, and she's still getting all nutso, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And do, now, goes, do they end up? Is it a nightmare when they take her to the hospital and sedate her, or it, did it really yeah. happen? I thought that it really did. Really right? yeah. yeah, yeah, it felt yeah. like that to me too. But uh, just so crazy, yeah. so like nightmare-like, like everything that's happening to her. But then at the same time, when when Sworn comes home, she ends up having a conversation with him, and it's and then he says something really interesting, like sometimes I forget who the adult is around here. Do you remember what she said? Yeah, I wrote that one yeah. down. She said that you know she has had time to think about it and she thinks that all these bad things that have happened to her, you know, is because she's a writer and she now is embracing them because they each bring her closer to enlightenment. Yeah. So he, that's and he was my like, question oh. with that was, what other bad things have happened to her in her life? Because she says all these things yeah. that keep, ha- or not keep, but she has all these horrible things that happened to me. I know of one horrible thing that happened to her, which is kissing a corpse. But what else has happened to her in her backstory? Well, we do know. 
we do know one thing. She said she's at her grandparents sometimes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, ha- well, here's the second thing we know. We've never seen her parents. Her parents. Mm-hmm. Where are her parents? Do, does she live with them? Are they dead? And the, I thought that his daughter said something about her parents when she woke up screaming. They're like, maybe we should call her parents. And I couldn't catch what they were saying. Oh, yeah. Did anyone catch what they said? No. No. I didn't get I it. I just learned how to no, use subtitles on Netflix, so I will definitely <laughs> yeah. go back and watch that. Because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out what they said. But. but we also see Christina's hair changing to white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. do. In, in Maybe this, it's just the distress of what's happening. Yeah, in episode five, we see, like, it's right after she has that weird conversation with Peter, right? She's she's talking to him, and she's saying, you won't get away with it. And that's uh-huh. what we've seen throughout all the trailers and yeah. promos <laughs> for it, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, but Peter's good. She doesn't think he's good after that whole conversation, the little, little playful conversation near the hammock. That's the one thing I, I don't kind of like about Christina is how she's quickly judging that it's him and spreading the rumors which are then you know she said to um clementine you know oh he he wouldn't have been you know dumb enough to leave marks like that and then that leads her to peter i'm just like you know you don't have any proof besides his fingers being the same size or the same length and that's the part of me that's like you shouldn't just go out there throwing things out there Mm -hmm. because people you know are going to believe you and it's kind of ruining his life it's inconveniencing his life, I yeah, should say. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. For, for no reason, well, for what I believe is no reason. I don't know if Peter might turn out to be mm-hmm. a bad guy at this point, but yeah, that's why that's the one thing I don't like about Christina right now. Yeah. She keeps making me mad mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. How, is she a freshman? Is it confirmed that she's, yeah. she's yeah. a freshman, freshman in high school? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because well, in the book she's 13, but in the show they mentioned that she's 14. So she has to be a freshman. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Well, unless there's anything else about Christina kissing the corpse, anybody? Mm-hmm. No? Well, let's talk <laughs> about our iTunes account. Everybody, all of our fans out there, everybody listening to, watching us right now, go ahead and check out the iTunes store. Type into the search bar, Hemlock Grove. Guess what? We're the first podcast that comes up. We're, yes. We're awesome. Yes. We've already go- gotten mm-hmm. quite a few ratings on there. Thank but you. Dude, we're missing some comments, reviews. Yeah. Give us some love, people. This is only our second show, I know, but come on, like give, give us something here. You know, we want to be able to give you guys a shout out. We want to be able to talk about your thoughts and discuss it here on the show. And we always give everybody a shout out. And Tiana, you said that there were some comments on YouTube. Did you happen to get the handles or like the usernames? Oh, of the people? I didn't write them down, but I'll pull them up on my iPad and I'll give them a shout out mm-hmm. after yeah. the next. Yeah, topic. Sh- sure, but yeah, go ahead and rate and comment us. Give us five stars. We're already up there on five stars, so yes. we're feeling good. We're feeling <laughs> the love. And tell a friend, you know, because it only takes a minute, right? Anyway, uh, back to Destiny getting possessed. So we talked about that a lot when we had Tia Horn mm-hmm. on the phone, but um, so we get introduced to Destiny within the, within. Uh, was it episode three? Episode three. It yeah. was. So we find out she's a prostitute. And is she a witch? Or a witch gypsy? What do you think? She seems kind of like a con artist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She is a con artist because that, that's how she got that couple who was going to have a threesome with her. Uh-huh. I guess she didn't want to do it with them and she <laughs> ended up vomiting blood, as you pointed out, JJ. Yeah, and blood and it's the balls like on the... Or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll be your away. secret whore. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. what, what if those were like anal beads or something? And then she, <laughs> <laughs> and then she puked them up after. <laughs> they were saying, yeah, do that, do that. Well, yeah. This is probably TMI. When I first saw it, I thought it was like, like I'm thinking of guys' balls, you know, because they were with this couple. <laughs> and so then, but then I looked to make sure that I knew he still had his clothes on and stuff. I'm like, well, what was that supposed to be? But she didn't tell us today on the phone. And you then, guys give me crap then, for my question then. Say that, and then, hey. but then she was like, "Suckers, yeah, so, definitely con artist." Yeah, and we and off the air, Marissa and I were talking about how everything she does, everything that Destiny does, it's just like on to the next thing. You know, yeah. it's just she, it just rolls right off her back, you know, like a duck with water, right? Yeah. Even when she took that worm, she took it with the shot of tequila, which I thought was awesome because oh, it reminded it me of awesome. like a Mexican tequila. <laughs> but with the worm in yeah. it. Right. If you're t- if you're consuming a worm, I would take a shot of tequila too. Oh, yeah. So. And she's like, oh, let me go, let me go brush my teeth <laughs> real quick. Brush my teeth. And it's wor- with her conversation with Peter that Peter reveals to her, Roman may be an upir, and then that's where they discuss it. And she's like, an upir, you you let an upir see you change? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Like, and they had, she makes a big stink out of it, right? Yeah, she told him to yeah. run, like. Mm-hmm. So I guess werewolves and oopiers don't get along. I guess they don't. Guess yeah. Which is another interesting thing because in the first episode, uh, we were told that only Linda, Peter's mom, and and Roman are the only people that know. But we know that Destiny knows, even though she is family. Mm-hmm. She also knows, too. So who else might know? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Intriguing well. point. Fans, tweet at us. <laughs> comment us. Let us know what Christina you think. thinks she knows. She thinks she does. She thinks yeah. she knows. She hasn't seen yeah. it though. Yeah, she hasn't seen it. She saw mm-hmm. the, what happened afterwards. Well, Peter had, didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, what? Why did they choose the guts when they went to go dig up that one girl? They exhumed her body. Why do you think she wanted them to do the guts? Was it, did she say that, or was it Peter's choice? I. Uh, Is it because I'm the, not sure. Yeah, I don't know either, but. Well, apparently the guts, the worm likes guts. So that's what it needed to go ahead and uh, give her the visions. I'm wondering if the worm, this this caterpillar, this inchworm, whatever she had in her little garden, I wonder if it's a special worm or do you think it's just a regular worm? And she's just, she's like, uh, like Tio uh, said on the phone, she's just getting in touch, getting more in tune with, with like, with what it consumed and it like consumed the girl's flesh and now she's like getting the flesh visions or something. I took it that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just more of her way to get connected and really mm-hmm. feel, be, have that, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that. <laughs> that. Other than the, other than Peter's transformation, I feel like this was my favorite scene where she was possessed. Oh. And, and it just, she looks yeah. so different, right? Mm-hmm. When she had the contacts in and just like her eyes like getting all big like that, she looked like, she looked like a scary cartoon. And the lighting too. Yep. Yeah, the lighting she was all lit up even though her eyes were dark and her hair got all mangled. Mm-hmm. Serious. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. And to have the hair even just getting in front of her face a little bit, mm-hmm. it made it seem much more real mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. I really like that a lot. It was an intense scene, but it was, it was really cool to watch her. I guess her version of a transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how many more times yeah. she's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to keep seeing more. her do like random stuff yeah. like this. You know, yeah. she's. I want to say her her character to Peter. She's like an advisor, like a soothsayer kind yeah, of. Like a, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Plus a friend. Mm-hmm. A, a what? Yeah, like a, plus a friend. Oh, plus yeah, a like friend. a big yeah. sister type. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. taking care of him. I love the cousin sure. relationship in the show. Because both cousin Roman and Letha, they're close, and Peter and Destiny are close. She does hug him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get the creepy not, vibe from the not, Peter yeah. Destiny one, though. No, but, you no, know, like no. it's. Yeah, but I, I find it interesting how Roman and Peter they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, they do. I, I do like to see her hug him in those short shorts, though. <laughs> <laughs> she's very, she's very attractive. She's a cute girl. <laughs> she's awesome. So, uh, unless there's anything else about that, nope, nothing. Shelly no. glows. What's up with that? Okay, so when I first saw this scene, when uh, Ro- Roman he's bathing her, right? Which is mm. creepy. Kind yeah. of creepy, but kind of... If you it, was, look, it was sweet, but it was still kind of creepy. That's what I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah. You're, you're right, Tiana. It, mm. it feels like... It, it's You know it's loving. You know that they have a good brotherly, sisterly relationship. And uh, and he always takes care of her. He sticks up for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. He, he does what he can. He gives her rides home from school. Um, but... So getting to the meat of what we're going to talk about, he touches her. And when I first yeah. saw that... I was like, dude, is that an Upir power? Is he, like, making her glow, right? And it, it gives us, like, a little bit of a hint, something to think about. So what did you, what did you guys, like, think that was? I, I like when she glows because it shows every time Shelly is emotional. Even though she does seem like a beastly kind of being, we don't know if she... Because she can't talk, and we don't really see a lot of emotions from this. So just having her glow is that physical... Um, reinforcement that she does have emotion. She does have human qualities to her. Yeah, she does smile a lot, mm-hmm, actually, yeah. which is pretty cool. And she, even when she like she winks, she closes her eyes. You know, it's very it's very human feeling. Even though she, it, there's something clearly wrong with her, mm-hmm. right? Like different. <laughs> yeah, it made me think about what did Doctor Price or whoever do to her? Like, what kind of creation did he? Like, I, I feel like you know this was what he created, and then it was like. I don't know what he did yet or how, you know, but I was like, oh, it was like the first glimpse into into that, which yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, you're right, JJ. It made us think, like, what? why is that happening, mm-hmm. right? So first, I think it's the Upir power, okay? And then they do the flashback, and they they show, like, Shelley, like, being moved into the Godfrey Institute 14 years earlier in, in like, a coffin, pretty much, right? And they're like saying something baby. like kid coffin yeah a baby-sized coffin obviously because she she was probably like one less than one years old at Mm -hmm. the time so they bring her in there and who knows what they did to her to revive her and then another clue this the the next clue was when uh dr johan price he's talking i forgot who he was talking with he's talking to shasir or was he talking to norman he was talking to one of them and he says something about their projects that he's doing and one Mm -hmm. of them is using phosphorus on mm-hmm. inanimate life mm-hmm. to to make it so that they're living again in place of whatever was missing from them when since they're dead. He showed that to Shelley, that that plant thing. The flower, yeah. yeah, the flower. Yeah. yeah. And and they've been saying that about the, all the flowers like, "Oh, yep, it's mm-hmm. not real, but you know, even the animals can tell. You and I can't tell, but the animals like the the what the bees, they probably can't tell. I mean, they can they, tell. They, they can, can tell. tell. Yeah, they can tell that it's not real. And I did some research on phosphorus and apparently Phosphorus has an alum. It's a chemo chemoillumination quality when it's exposed mm. to oxygen, and you would think that she would be glowing all the time, right? Yeah. If that was the case, and she's made out of phosphorus and she was revived with, and it's part of her DNA. Well, it is part of our DNA, but like she's more based with phosphorus. However, it's only a quick effect. So whenever it's exposed to oxygen, it only lasts for a few seconds, and then you mm. can't see it anymore. 
So maybe like he's scraping like what Roman was doing was he was like scraping a little bit of her skin away and then it just got because no one touches mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No mm-hmm. one else touches her. Because I was trying to mm-hmm. remember when Roman took her to the general store, I guess, where the I yeah. forget the character's name, but they were trying on the um, earrings. Okay. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think that she ever touched her. But I know Shelley talked about like the touch of, you know, on your skin. And then with the phosphorus thing, um, Roman's hands, weren't they wet? Yeah. When he went in for that because he had been washing her, maybe that had something that you're to probably, do with it because yeah. the water would take away something. I think you're right. Yeah. There's there's like mm-hmm. a chemi- the chemical reaction mm-hmm. that's produced is like HPO. I know I'm so nerdy saying this. <laughs> <laughs> it's HPO and then I forget what the rest of it is, but it's like phosphorus mixing with the, ox- uh, the oxygen and hydrogen in the air and it creates that quick chemical reaction that's mm. just like that chemoluminescence. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Anyway, anything else <laughs> regarding <laughs> Shelly? Um, well, um, no, sorry. Well, we I also see Shelly send another email to Norman mm-hmm. talking about Olivia and her behavior and how mm-hmm. Olivia is more tightly wound these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And then at the, I, I don't know if you want to talk about more in that, but the, what I took away from that email was that dragon thing that she said. Me too. I had that written yeah. down too. Yeah. What, what um, which is the same thing she said um, today. I've today I've seen today the dragon. dragon. Which and is the same thing that Francis mm-hmm. had said, the mental patient. Yeah. Who we found. The mental patient. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have. Well, Careful, you don't want to offend yeah, anybody. Right, right, right. <laughs> he, he, is a, he is in a psychiatric. Yes. Uh, I, I thought, like, just, just might be a little detail that I noticed when during. Uh, scene where Shelly's instant messaging Norman um, her icon is a butterfly and um, whereas there there was that one episode where Olivia was telling the story to the oh, moth story uh-huh. yeah. to Roman so I think it's interesting how Shelly is a butterfly and Roman is a moth she, mm-hmm. even though they're the kind of same family but they're different, but they're different. Yeah. yeah he's he's that Emperor Moth, who's supposed Emperor to be weak when he comes out of the shell, and mm-hmm. his mom's trying to free him, but he's still weak anyway, right? Yeah, still needs help. Mm-hmm. And she's a big, beautiful butterfly. Very big. She is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very strong, too. Um, but, oh, man, there's something else I wanted to say. Oh, I wanted to mention about Francis. He... Um, uh, regarding his eye, did you guys notice how one eye is messed up? Yes. Compared, was there any? Did you guys think there was any symbolism, metaphors there? I wasn't sure I, if that's actually his eye color. Like, I definitely actors' true sorry. eyes or not. Sorry, I definitely think I there's something with the eye. Everything is, is involving eyes in the show. Exactly. Like they put the drugs in the eyes. You know, her, I, I, I wrote that down too. And um, that's in the same. I think the same eye. Well, I did some research. Yeah, there's the right, same eye, right? right eye is messed up. It is. But I wrote And then Shelly's eye is weird. There's a lot of... Right. Yeah, there's... Um, Her right eye also is yeah, messed it's up. it's all in the eye. And exactly. the last thing we saw Olivia do before she went to the party was she put the drops in her right eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and another thing about eyes and vision is an integral part, too, because the first thing we see in Peter's transformation, the eyes pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a line where you can tell it by the eyes about Upiers. You can tell it in their eyes that they're different. And when Letha was talking about her baby after she uh-huh. had her... Um, Sonogram. She mm-hmm. she was wondering the colors <gasps> of, of the, the irises. Mm-hmm. They can see them already. Yeah. Oh no! Well, mm-hmm. they can see the irises. Right. Yeah, they can yeah. see the irises. And she was wondering the color. And Francis Pullman says he can see things that he doesn't want to see. 
Mm-hmm. And there was um, when Peter had his dream after he transformed and um, Roman's shirt, like when he bled through the shirt, in there was like the triangle with the Ouroboros and the eye in the middle. That's right. Right. And, and another thing is when they're quickly cutting the quick flashes of the werewolf, you can see the with yellow the eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and... Uh, when she, when Destiny was actually possessed, and she was being interrogated, you know, to a weld for information, uh, she ends up saying something about the wolf's eyes, the one that attacked her, okay. mm-hmm. the eyes. one that the victim saw, yeah. the big yeah, black, the yellow mm-hmm. eyes, the yellow eyes. But uh, regarding getting back to Francis, actually, I wanted to mention how I was doing more research into Ouroboros. And I actually did this a while ago before the last show we did. And I forgot, I really wanted to mention it, but I think it's really relevant here. It's that one of, in, in mythology, there's, I think there's something to do with Ouroboros ends up, I I'm, I'm, might be mixing this up here, but Ouroboros ends up mating or maybe, this is something totally different, mating or fighting with somebody. <laughs> and and the, it's, either way. yeah, either way. And it's some like Viking or some kind of European myth. Mm-hmm. And then the son of that guy ends up being born with a snake in his eye that shows. Mm-hmm. It's like the Ouroboros oh. that's showing in his eye. Interesting. A little parallel there huh. between Francis, yeah. between everybody else on the show. Yeah. With eyes. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anything else on that? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Lastly... Price reveals his strength. How crazy is this guy, right? Yeah. He is so calculated. He's got such mental prowess. And and cold. Mm -hmm. And when he's talking with Shasir, he reveals that he can snap like this this whatever device, his Mm -hmm. electronic uh recording recorder. Yeah, his voice recorder, he snaps it in half with his bare hands and it's like with one hand too. It's like Dude, are you like superhuman? What's going on here? <laughs> well, and she's like, yeah, and you know this makes you a suspect now, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> like, he's, yeah, he's like, he's really he's arrogant. Like, uh, to do th- that. Yeah, that's what I don't yeah. like about him. He just, I mean, of course, he's a great character, but he's just so cocky and just mm-hmm. so snooty that I'm just like, oh, I just, I don't like him. So condescending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's so condescending. And when, whenever, but then whenever him and Norman are in the same room, Norman is the one who seems to be pissing all over him, right? Right. Yeah. He's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when they have the conversation and they're they're drinking their brandy, yeah. and Norman just downs the whole thing, and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> drops it <laughs> on the lab floor. And he's like, yeah, you guys picked that. Up. <laughs> Go Norman. Norman. Yeah, I like that scene too. It's great. And if you think of the environment, every time we see Price, he's always in a cold environment. Like the lighting is blue and um, very, very cold and steel kind of, um, which translates to his character as well. Mm-hmm. Like really no emotion, no warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Anyway, we just we learned a lot more about him and his experiments. It seems like he's doing human trials yeah. and and no and. Are those, like, sanctioned by the FDA? <laughs> no. Oh, I'll pick some. I, don't I don't think so. I don't so. think you're supposed to do that. <laughs> no, but this is really interesting now that we've learned how strong he is because this makes him even more of a threat. When we learned mm-hmm. that, that it, I wrote down it was better reincarnation through chemistry was his um, article that he was, like, known for before. So, yeah, he's definitely doing some... Not so sanctioned things. Yeah, that's right, JJ. And that's where he talked about the the phosphorus being introduced Mm -hmm. into the body of a a dead corpse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And also now now Price has to build an 
uh, a wing for Letha. Obstetrician. Uh, obstetrician. Oh, God, I'm... I'm obstetrician. A maternity <laughs> ward. Obstetrician. 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 OBGYN. Yes. <laughs> One of those wings People for Letha. People babies over there. <laughs> One of those wings for Letha so she can have her baby there. Only because Olivia told him to. And that's how yeah. much that's how much of an influence the Godfrey family has over Price and everything that's going on in the Godfrey Institute. Obviously, their names on the side of the building. Like, mm-hmm. but are they are they that rich? Where they're the ones who are like the sole funders of the organization? It's they're not getting any like government grants or anything. Maybe that's how they're doing all these human experiments. That's true. Well, it, it kind of seems like it because in the first episode we. We see Olivia talking, um, well, actually, Norman comes to Olivia talking about this budget mm-hmm. p- plan proposal. And then we see in, you know, tonight's episode that uh, whatever price is okay, you know, she finances aren't her problem. So yeah. they're loaded. And yeah. Norman doesn't seem like he wants to sell his part because no. they have, what was the group who they have, like, waiting to take over his, um, his portion of the... Backload since, you know, Norman seems to not really want to be involved, but I think he also always wants to be involved so that he can make sure he knows what they're mm-hmm. up to because he doesn't trust anyone in yeah. there. No, he doesn't. Uh-uh. Well, we would be fools if we went on to news and gossip yet. We're not going to go there yet. But <laughs> let's talk about this very last couple minutes for this. Okay, uh, what's up with the party and all the crazy stuff that happens at the gala, right? Okay. Mm. So why does why does Letha keep getting sick every time she talks about her baby? Because in the car when she was with her dad, yeah. and she was like, "Oh, they were leaving the doctor's office," and she's like, "Oh, I wonder, you know, they are all, you can always already see the irises, and I wonder what her hair is gonna be like." And then all of a sudden, she's like, "I don't feel so well. I need some fresh air." Oh yeah. And then when they're at the bar and Roman saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna build this wing so you can have the baby here and all this stuff," and then all of a sudden, that's when she starts throwing up. So every time someone mentions the baby, she gets sick. What is growing inside her? You know what? That's a really good point you bring up, Tiana, because she was so determined to have the baby, and she Mm -hmm. didn't want to hear from anybody else Mm -hmm. to have an abortion, but her body's saying something different. There's Mm -hmm. something going on with that baby. Something's wrong. Yeah. Well, and even Francis had told Norman, remember when they had the session, too, that he's like, I saw it. I saw what's inside your daughter's stomach. Yeah. So... Yeah, did he say like a demon or something? I don't. He didn't he say was, what. He just said I saw what I was saw inside. I think, right? I see the thing. Yeah, the thing. Well, I rewatched episode two and remember when Paulman's on the road and he looks at Norman and he says, uh, "I know what you are." No, Roman. Or Roman. Yeah, he looks yeah. at Roman and says, "I know what you are," and then he looks. You, you don't know that he's looking at her, but he looks to the left and that's where she is, and she says, "I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that." Mm-hmm. Like he's seeing what's inside her. Oh. Wow. Yeah, and then we saw at the end of episode three i believe when he's talking when francis is talking to norman the thing that's growing inside your daughter mm-hmm. so, something yeah up. Up. so uh roman ends up exchanging glances with the blonde chick <laughs> across who was that was that that was that was somebody's wife this guy's wife the guy who is like shit talking like, him the, yeah. whole time. <laughs> the yeah. drunk guy yeah yeah, his wife. And he ended that. That was so funny how he ended up peeing all over the floor, <laughs> and everybody was in there. Norman was in there. He was there, and then Roman overheard the whole thing, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna f your wife in a little bit." <laughs> yeah. And he, he did yeah. just that. He did. And the, and what was up with that? Like it was. She was sexy, by the way. I must say, she did look very nice. But she, man, she. Okay, she, she ends up giving him a BJ. 
And let's fast forward. He ends up cutting himself. He finds a blade mm-hmm. and... That was a deep cut, too. Yeah. And a long yeah. one across his whole chest. Yeah, and he's like... He was like oozing and it even rained on her too. Yeah, she, that she, was nasty. Because in the book that does not happen. He does <laughs> he actually cuts himself over the eye, not on the chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of expecting a little like he did in the car, just yeah. a little bit, but then when it starts pouring on her and just gushing out. Yeah, that was he expecting that one. Blood. Mm, yep. He definitely does. Total insanity. But um I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but so Olivia, she's wearing not just white this time, she's wearing white and black, and mm-hmm. then we get to see an over-the-shoulder shot of her from behind, and she and it's all black, so it's totally different than what we've seen her in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to be interesting to I see what she's say, looking at. Yeah, I just got to say, every time we see Olivia, we always see, like, low angles from her, which makes her seem, and she's already, Famke Jantz is already tall in real life, but just makes her character seem so much superior mm-hmm. to other people people just like she's constantly towering over people therefore like um reinforcing her power Mm -hmm. to a character yeah crazy anything else on that um guys we didn't talk about the varg wolf oh Oh, yeah yeah. roman and peter so the varg wolf is supposed to be this rogue wolf who's out there right Mm -hmm. he's probably a gypsy right but much like uh much like peter and his family but he's what, what was wrong with him again? He just doesn't... He's, he's not a wolf that's gone, gone insane. Yeah. Gone um, insane. This attacks out of anger. Mm-hmm. And usually werewolves only attack when they're hungry or provoked. And this one is... And usually uh, they eat what they kill. But this one didn't eat what it killed. So it's attacking out of anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to see who the Varg wolf is. And they're trying to find it. They're doing their little hardy yeah. boys action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Trying to discover who it is. Um... Because, okay, so I did a little research on this too. Oh, right? do it, do it. <laughs> All right. Okay, so in the Norse mythology of Varg wolf is a wolf. In particular, it refers to the wolf Fenrir and his son's skull and Hati based on the J.R.R. Tolkien um, and the use of his Old English. So um, one of the references, because when I heard that name Fenrir, I thought of Harry Potter Greybeck, <laughs> and I never thought I never put the correlation together before. But basically, he is a guy like in Harry Potter. He's someone who is always who's known for attacking children. And so far, both of the victims we've seen attacked have been not children, but they're teenagers, high school yeah. students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not, but, not quite adults. Yeah, not quite yeah. adults. So I thought that was a good little like correlation of maybe that's the mo there. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. good. And I'm a Harry Potter nerd, yeah. so. <laughs> Nicely done. We got a few other. Good. Oh, I was going to say, are you also a J.R.R. Tolkien nerd? Hobbit nerd? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, lo- I haven't seen The Hobbit yet, but I, I really. I haven't seen it yet. I enjoyed the, you know, all the. What was it? The, the Ring series? The Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. And I think that was my favorite one, personal okay. favorite. Yeah. We also got another nugget in these episodes, too, where we learned that um, Peter's uncle was a killer. Mm-hmm. Nikolai. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, what grandfather. He? So he I'm was sorry, grandfather. He was also a Varg wolf. Well, he didn't know, but, they, but he was a killer. He was like, um, the one scene where Peter comes to talk to Roman in, the ha- in his house, they're talking about the pool table, and he's afraid that um, Clementine's going to dig up this information about his um, grandfather and find out that his grandfather was a killer, and then 
somehow he thought that would also then she would assume that he's like his grandfather. He's also a killer, and so she's going to throw him in jail and or in a cage. He says, "Yeah." So that, that was something we didn't know about his grandfather, and that's why he has the little. Out G. Uh, G, because he's Gajo. an outsider. Gajo. Gajo. Yeah. And how about the fact that he had to slice the head off yeah. of his grandfather he as did. a teenager? Yeah, that's ah. kind of messed up. Yeah. I, I saw it more like a, <laughs> an initiation kind of deal. Uh, okay. Total post-traumatic stress yeah. he's got going on right there. But he doesn't show it very much. No, he doesn't. But that was... He, he did it in one swoop, yeah. too. Like, that's a lot of bones. So that's a really sharp knife and a lot of force. For a kid, that's yeah, pretty hard for yeah. They were drinking whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> he got his strength up, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, the gaucho thing, I wanted to mention that, actually, because I'm reminded of, I'm such a nerd here, I'm reminded of anime, uh, this particular one called Cowboy Bebop, and it's a really good anime yeah, from, from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, Steven's with me. Really, it's, it's probably my favorite anime of all time, and they refer to one of the main characters, his name's Spike Spiegel, he's, he's like a bounty hunter and stuff, but they mm-hmm. refer to him, because they refer, they have so many different uh, cultures that they deal with, but it takes place in space. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> they refer to him as Gaucho, probably, because he's like a gypsy, like he moves oh. around, he goes to different places yeah. all the time. Very interesting little little parallel there. Well, the thing in the book, they they talk about Nikolai's background, how he became a Gajo outsider, is that um, his family, Nikolai, is the seventh son of seven sons. So, like, he has a lot of brothers, and all of them, before the moon, the the harvest moon, before the night that they were going to turn, they would all get together and um, drink and... um, take like a, a goat or a pig and chow down on that for fun and it became this, this while they wild were, while they were turned yeah like like the mm-hmm. night of the turning they made it into this wild kind of frenzy party um, mm-hmm. tradition thing for them and then uh, being you know not really thinking in the moment they took away the animal while Nikolai was you know eating and then he turned on one of his brothers so therefore and the, uh-huh. and in the um, in their society, that's a big no-no. You know, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to do that, and therefore everyone turned on him and like called him an outsider. You're not supposed to kill, you know, other brothers. Oh. Did they talk about this in the book? Or was yeah, this? in the book. This yeah. is yeah. all from the book. Okay. Wow. So, and then uh, Peter stands by Nikolai, so he you know, he supports him being a gajo. It sounds like the book's a really good supplement yeah. to the TV show. Yeah, Get the definitely. filler information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Marissa. Yes. Mm-hmm. But unless anybody has anything else, let's move on to our news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. So I got a little bit of quirky fun things. Uh, I visited the Pennsylvania Wildlife and Gaming Commission website. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, out. What did you find? And it's the same symbol that she has. Did you? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys notice that she has a symbol on her uh, yeah. on her thing, which is so funny because it's like a cute looking jacket, right? <laughs> Total Forever 21 yeah. looking jacket, and it's got the Pennsylvania Wildlife Gaming Commission patch on there. So anyway, uh, they don't have wolves. At least they don't have very many. Not they don't say anything about wolves on their website in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they do mention coyotes though. Oh, so, oh yeah, Stephen. Thank yeah. you, Stephen. You brought it up go. already, but I got I got my picture Aww. here. Yeah, of my coyote. And uh, what's actually pretty interesting about that? Yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of like you have to go a little <laughs> bit deeper into the site, Stephen. Uh, but um, I ch- I checked out the PDF too, and I was reading about it. And one of the things it said is that uh, they're the biggest canine that's in Pennsylvania. So that means there's no wolves, right? Because yeah. wolves are a lot mm-hmm. bigger than coyotes. But even still, these coyotes. 
they range from the males 45 to 55 pounds even being 60 at the biggest they're five feet long and the females are at the low end 35 pounds wow so that's still pretty scary yeah right it's a lot bigger than the coyotes out here but also (laughs) they've also done dna testing and they noticed that they have they have done interbreeding across species with the gray wolf so they do have some gray wolf in their DNA, in their mm. blood, down there, like in their ancestors. It's very fascinating. Huh, interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody? News and gossip from um, anybody else? I'll, no. I'll give a shout out to the YouTube users right now. Yeah. The commenters. Um, Polylove37, Lokistar45, I'm going to mess this up, Amaryl Lachey, and the Swag Maniac. Ooh, yeah. Yes, thank you for your <laughs> comments, guys. Did, did anybody say an, anything of note that you want to read out? Um, hang on, let me look. <laughs> um, I love, oh, what happened to the giant sister? I'm confused. Shelly. Um, well, we've been discussing that this yeah. whole episode. We don't know the exact answer yet. Who was the user on that? Um, that was Polly Love Thirty Seven. Polly Love Thirty Seven. I think you're onto it with the phosphorus, and because he said that that's what his paper is about, he gave it to infants. Yeah, and I think he's testing her out. And I, I just gotta give a shout out to the whole cast of Hemlock. Yeah, and they're all retweeting and favoriting and everything. And I've tweeted a lot of stuff, and they've retweeted and commented. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a really shout a great out to community. you guys. Yeah, they're, they're a very active group. Yeah, uh, I love it. Landon uh, Liberon, I, th- I know I'm saying his last name right, but Landon, who plays who plays Peter, <laughs> check this out. He made this on his uh, what was it? he tweeted this on his Twitter account. But this is pretty much a picture. Uh, what was it called? I made face. I, I made, made face. I made uh-huh. face. It's like an app that you can use on your on your <laughs> iPhone um, or um, iPad, whatever i device, and it totally looks like him, right? <laughs> so if you guys want to, yeah. you can find him on Twitter, and he is his name is Landon Libo Libo Iron. <laughs> I'm saying that so badly. <laughs> anyway, and, and last. Lastly, we're we're gonna have uh, Freya Tingley yes, in the studio. Freya Tingley in studio next week. I'm excited. Yay. And Marie, um, she, uh, Marie Gaffey, L- Lori Fortier will be coming in a few weeks later. Yeah, uh, about Freya Tingley, she also she also retweeted something that Hemlock Groves account on Twitter retweeted um, or tweeted, and she it said here mixing with the at Netflix family, we caught hashtag Hemlock Groves at Freya Tingley along with the Bluths also. And she was at the red carpet event for Arrested Development, which was this Monday. Oh, nice. Yeah, over there and over here in L.A. It's like showing love for all the mm-hmm. Netflix families. And I am Excellent. such a moron because I got an email for the screening exchange to go see this. And I was like, oh, I'll respond to it in a little bit. I got the email like at a, probably like 8 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock or something. <laughs> and then I checked back three hours later. Not available anymore. Uh, Gone. And I probably could have saw her. I could have met her. I could I could have met like the cast of Arrested Development too. <laughs> oh man. Darn. Boo. Darn. Anyway, I think that about does it for our news <laughs> Prediction time. And now you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Yes. <laughs> Steven, I love it when you do that. I love when you do the echo. It's my favorite. So I feel like Roman's going to get hospitalized uh, because of him 
with his gaping wound on his chest, right? But I feel like they're gonna skip over it. I hope they don't. I want to see what happens to him like immediately after that, and I want to see everybody's reaction because I'm sure that the people at the gala are gonna find out about this, and I want to know what they're gonna think about his crazy ways. Uh, I also feel like <laughs> Olivia is gonna find out that him and Peter have been hanging out too much, and she's going to tell him to stay away even more. Maybe, maybe yeah. Peter will even visit him in the hospital, and Olivia will be there to do a little road blocking. You know I wanted to say yeah. another word there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I won't give any predictions, but I just want to mention uh, in episode three, um, there was a moment where Peter talks about uh, the, um, the dragons, uh, Knights of the Crusade. Yeah. And he he says this line, I always wanted to be a warrior. So that's just a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Shadow, foreshadow, foreshadow. Like she just drops these little... Ding, yeah. ding, yep. Just ding, a little foreshadowing there. I want to see more that's action. <laughs> I'm excited because I really hope that the next episode picks up right where this left off because I don't know what was happening at the gala, but Olivia was in the middle of her speech and then, you know, it's right after Roman cut himself and then you see Norman in the crowd looking really sort of pleased at something. And then you see Olivia kind of turning to look, and she looks frightened at what she might be Mm -hmm. turning to see. I don't know what that might be, but um, I'm excited to see it. And I kind of feel like Roman's injury is going to be healed over in some sort of, like, his power. Like, maybe that's how he'll find out, like, oh, I'm not as human as I thought I was. Oh, this is normal. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. now. I'm just gonna, you know, like will it, and it will seal up or so- something. Sort of. I don't want to keep using magical, but <laughs> that's the only word I can think of right now. Once upon a time, yeah. supernatural. <laughs> supernatural. That's the word I'll use here. I'm just predicting a big blow up between Olivia and Roman. Yeah. She's slapping him around this time. I just think eventually he's just not gonna take it. That's he's a just, hard slap. Yeah, okay. three of them, not just one. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So Succession. we know that he has, like, this ability to kind of control people, make them do something. <laughs> yeah. Does it not work on his mom? Or is he afraid to use it on his mom? Maybe he doesn't the realize is, that he's when, doing it. When Olivia was slapping him, it makes it look like she was trying to push Roman. Because um, she's like, yeah. not if you understand me. Mm-hmm. And then he nods. And he doesn't say anything else. He just walks away. Yeah. yeah. So maybe... She walks, she walks away, I think. It, yeah. Like, they both walk away. <laughs> so, but it makes me think that maybe Olivia was trying to use that same glamour or whatever hmm, yeah. thing on Roman. Hmm. Glamour thing. <laughs> I, what do you call it in True Blood? Yeah. You're right. Know. Glamour. glamour. <laughs> no, no, I just, I just think it sounds funny because I've never seen True Blood, except oh, for the pilot uh. episode. Uh, I hope that the killer is actually one of the main cast members, the main characters, because I think it would be so, it would be such yeah. a disappointment if it was just some random person out of yeah. nowhere. And it would totally be like, agree. Dude, are you serious, man? Like, all these build, all this build up with the characters and we end up having this guy come in? Yeah. <laughs> At least have it be Francis or something. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that. Letha? Because she's pregnant now, kind of like the girl who was in the cell with Clementine. <gasps> pregnant Whoa. with what? And wow. Yeah. You and she's the most the person. Uh-oh. She's like the sweetest person in the world. You would never expect her. You wouldn't her. think she was doing evil yeah. things. Wow, Tiana, if you're right, I'm gonna take you out for sushi. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Man. I That's think amazing. she might be on to something. 
Hopefully. You, you can't read me. We'll see. I don't know. I was trying. Poker face. <laughs> Poker face. I think that really makes sense. That would act, yeah. Well, anyway, we'll see. I <laughs> think that about does it here for us at After <laughs> Buzz TV's Hemlock Grove After Show. Um, I had a really fun time this week, yeah, guys, I and I, I know you guys all did. I hope our fans at home listening or watching uh, really enjoyed the show. And tune in next week, okay? Because we got Freya Tingley, who plays Christina. Christina she, Wendell. She's we gonna, have a lot of big names coming up. Thank you, Tia Horn, for yeah, calling yeah, us thank in. You. Thank you so much. Straight insight. And uh, if you guys want to follow us, you can follow me at Sean Austino on Twitter. Same thing for Instagram. Um, you can tweet your predictions at me because I've read the book <laughs> um, at Serafini TV. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TweetT22. And I'm at JJ Jurgens. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 